0: While we are on the talk of relationships this week and welcome back to Sigma Talks, by the way. My name is Justin Moore, CEO of Sigma. It's a social media marketing agency that is helping clients achieve their goals with reaching leads and profit. Now, aside from that intro, which I just created right now, uh, I wanted to talk more about relationships just because the last episode was about relationships uh, or someone coming back. And I was like, you know, why not switch it up a bit and make this week about relationships? So I think today I want to focus a bit about communication and sort of formal roles in the relationship because a lot of people are dealt with cards that they learn to create themselves and copy from their parents. And when people realize that, it doesn't work it's probably too late and they're like 30 years old and that's when they start going to therapy and i'm not saying that's wrong and people should go to relationship or couples therapy if they feel like that helps or if they think that it's best for them i certainly would vouch for it at any time because any kind of therapy is useful but in general realizing this uh shift in perspective and needing to learn at a young age is very helpful which is something that I did. And so I was in therapy for three years and learned a lot about communication. And and being more specific is more of dialectical behavior therapy in which you learn to use your emotions and your mind and also how to communicate better using uh, certain sentence structures, but also the phrases to say and write words and also thinking clearly with the right emotions. And I found that to be very helpful and some things that I also learned myself that was very helpful that is popular is something called the attachment theory and I feel like people get that idea wrong a lot because they're like okay well let me explain it first so in attachment theory some some theories include four types of people but I'll make it easier and just say there's three which is, because the fourth is just a mix of the the two bad ones, mm-hmm. which is the worst of the worst. But I'll keep it simple and just include the three. And so the first one is the anxious people. And these are people who tend to overthink. Uh, they're not afraid of being close and intimate with their partners. And they tend to be insecure or jealous. And the second is avoidant. It's exactly what it sounds like whenever there's conflict, they become avoidant. They're not as comfortable with intimacy, nor do they share a lot about their thoughts or uh or are, nor are they like assertive with the things that they want or need and the third one the last one is secure which is generally what everyone wants to be um which is you know i guess you could say paradoxically but not really which is 50 percent of people which is pretty high uh and these are people that are They're good at communicating, recognizing their emotions, but also the emotions of their partner. They're not afraid to be close with or intimate with their partner, but at the same time when they recognize they need space, they're not afraid to communicate that as well. And so it's like a good mix of being avoidant and anxious at the same time, but it's also being aware and uh, also conscious about your emotions and the emotions of your partner. And so it's like a, it's like the healthy uh, kind you want to be, of course, and so that's what people generally understand about attachment theory. And they're like, okay, you know, I guess I'm a avoidant person. I guess I'm an anxious person and I should try to do this and that. But I feel like the other half that people don't think about is what is your partner's attachment behavior. And some people might get this far and they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I'm anxious and my partner is avoidant. And by the way, this is like very common for an anxious or avoidant person to date the opposite kind because they have a um what is this like a lock-in relationship where they are puzzles and they fit each other like a a anxious person gets anxious and that drives a avoidant person away even more but then when an anxious person gets tired of being anxious they become more avoidant and that's when the avoidant person learns to open up just a bit or become a bit secure just enough where the anxious person becomes back into their usual role and then that's when they go back into their roles again but so it's pretty common for those two to date um but some people go as far as to identify their partners and that's another step towards what you should do but the thing that i thought about and it may sound common sense uh, but some people probably don't do it is when you understand your partner's attachment behavior you have to understand that the way that they talk is based on that attachment behavior and you have to respond accordingly and in a healthy manner that influences them to communicate more healthy and what that means is for example your partner is avoidant and so when you ask them what's wrong or you ask them like how's your day they would be like it's okay um something's happened but i don't really want to talk about it and if you don't want, you could push it a little bit further and be like, "Okay, uh, that's fine if we don't have to talk about it, but you know, I'm worried about you. Um, what happened?" And they, uh, it is something that's bothering them. So, but they're avoidant, so they don't really want to talk about it. So they'd be like, "I don't really want to talk about it." And so, when you're in this situation, you have to understand that okay, this person isn't really in touch with their emotions, and you have to be patient with them, with just being anxious or avoidant, Just be patient in general. But at the same time, use healthy and secure communication. And that's with being okay with someone who's insecure or being okay with someone who wants their own space. And so you can respond with, or you understand like, okay, my partner is avoidant. So you think to yourself, okay, this person doesn't want me to pry too much into their own privacy and needs, generally needs someone who is patient and loving before they open up. So I should be that way. And so, when you have that thought, you begin to think, okay, I don't want to pry too much into because I've already done that. I should just give this person the space and time. If they And if they want to talk about it, they'll talk about it. So, you would say something like, okay, that's fine. Just talk to me whenever you're ready. I'm always here for you and just know I love you. And so, if you say something like this, then they'll be like, oh, okay, you know, this person, they still love me, blah, 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 all that stuff. And you're training them that, like, it's fine to talk to you whenever and you're positively reinforcing that you're a safe person to talk to. Now, generally, some people may respond like, you never tell me what's on your mind or you never tell me how you feel, you're always so selfish. And this pushes your partner to close up even more and teaches them that you're not someone safe to talk about. Even if you do know that they're an avoidant person, as the anxious person, you translate your anxiety insecurity feelings into maybe anger but deep down it's that insecurity that your partner may be leaving you or something and i think underneath all of these behaviors is the fear that the person you love is going to leave you and if you understand the motivations behind this then you can be patient and understanding and secure towards your partner now that's attachment behavior or attachment theory. One of my favorite theories, one of the things that I feel like most people get wrong because they just diagnose them and then they don't do what um, the active thinking that they should do. And one of the things that could assist in this is also knowing your big five uh, personality traits. And so if someone is higher in neuroticism, you can understand that, okay, this person may be more leaning towards anxious attachment or perhaps they're avoidant and they're high neuroticism and so that means that this person gets you know upset a lot but they don't want to tell me and they have a hard time expressing even though they feel negative emotions a lot i need to provide a safe environment for them constantly but not in a way that's pushy or judgmental and so if you understand someone's big five personality traits then you understand a lot about who they are Especially because that's the most accurate personality uh, test currently in the world. And not only that, but if you understand their extroversion and their openness and also their agreeableness, then you can also play that into the things that you say. So for example, if you notice that someone is low in openness and high in neuroticism and they're avoidant, then you can understand that perhaps this person isn't open to new ideas and Uh, they're, but they're very agreeable. And so you tell them that maybe you want to, I don't know, go do something that is productive and go walk, take a walk outside that's, uh, de-stressing or de-stressful. And so this person is like somewhat open to the idea because, you know, taking a walk isn't like a new experience that everyone has, but at the same time they're agreeable. So they're like, okay, let's do it. And you lower their their uh negative emotions and you just you're safe with them or they they feel safe with you and so that was a pretty bad example but i hope you can understand the message behind that just knowing their personality helps you understand their attachment behavior and also how to respond even more now a step further into this is using something called i statements and so I statements is used in a way to not blame your partner, but to state how you feel and perhaps the things that you want from your partner in a way that's not judging or blaming your partner at all. And so whenever you're talking or arguing with your partner, you want to generally use I statements. And so you would say something like, instead of, you never care about me and you never tell me how you feel, you would instead say, I feel as though you don't care about me and I feel like I and i I feel like you don't care about me and I would like you to explain to me how you feel so we could talk about this instead of arguing with each other and it's sort of still the same sentence I feel like you don't care about me but you're not really blaming the person I mean you kind of are but you're not it's, you're making it less worse uh And you're telling them how you feel instead of making them feel worse for them being themselves. And they can understand how you feel and attack that situation. But that's assuming that, you know, you understand their attachment uh, behavior. But at the same time, they also understand that you're a safe person to talk to. And so you want to do this when you're generally calm and in a good mood, but also where they... Are not feeling attacked, so use the eye statements whenever possible. Now, the next step or the upgrade to this is something called Dearman, and it was something I learned in therapy. It is a way to get what you want from someone in a healthy manner. And Dearman is a acronym. uh You can literally look it up. as dear, as in like when you're writing a letter, dear, and then man, like M- I think M A N, yeah. So, dear man, and that stands for describe, express, assert, reinforce. Uh, I forgot what the man was, but dear, the dear part is, like, mostly important. And so, you want to describe the situation. You want to express how you feel. You want to be assertive and reinforce and also negotiate what you want because you can't always get what you want, but you can get 50% of it. And so, here's an example. So, here's the Describe. When you came home, okay, actually, let's use I statements because that's the upgrade, of course. So you have to include everything. I noticed that when you came home, so that's the describe or the situation. I noticed that when you came home, you were in a bad mood and you started to yell at me or you started to avoid me. I feel like when you do this, I'm not cared for. That's the E, expressing how you feel. Now A is asserting, and that's part of body language where you have to give them eye contact, have good posture, but also not be afraid of speaking to them, having a strong tone. Now R is reinforced, or um, in a way asking for what you want. And so when you come home, in the future when you come home, I would like you to greet me with a kiss. And talk to me about your day. Instead of treating me this way. Can you do that? And they may say yes or no. And you know just talk about it. And negotiate. You know how to negotiate. But generally when it comes to this uh, technique. You want to write it out first. And cut out what's not important. Because even when I wrote things out. With using Dermint. I realized that I added a lot of unnecessary details. A lot of unnecessary things that attacked them from the side instead of attacking the problem directly and so dearman is specifically mostly efficient when you wrote things out you cut some things out and it attacks the problem directly it should really only be like five to seven sentences that that's just an estimate but you should understand that it's like a really really straightforward um ask and um, uh, a really straightforward like conversation. and the thing with Deman though is you have to be assertive but also reinforce reinforcing what you say. and the reason for this is because Deman is a technique that is so straightforward and really assertive and and healthy though still remember it's still healthy. and because of this, people might perceive it as you are attack you are attacking them. I was about to say attacking. You're you're attacking them. And that's because people who are used to unhealthy environments are they're not really used to people being assertive and they view that as an attack. They're not used to this kind of communication. They're not used to being put on the spot and being responsible for their actions or their emotions. And you just have to be patient with them. But this is where the reinforced part comes in as well. So after you ask for your ask, or the thing that you want, you have to reinforce. And sometimes these people can say things that uh, hits you from the side, or they bring up a past argument, or something in the past that doesn't relate to what you're asking for. And the R stands for reinforced, which means that you say the exact same thing, literally. And so if your partner says, well, you know, I had a hard time at the job, and I have to deal with these bad customers, and... They talk to me like I'm nothing and then you have to say the same thing again well when you come home I like you to give me a kiss and talk to me about your day and after that hopefully you know you negotiate about it or if they keep on going you still have to reinforce just say the same thing now that is like four, four different like frameworks techniques personality things like theories that are all separate, that you learn separately But you have to see that like when you apply all of these things all together It's crazy how well they work together And using all of them at once, you understand your partner a lot You understand yourself a lot And you understand how to respond to the situation Okay, so for example If you understand that your partner is Let's say like avoidant, okay And you understand that they have high neuroticism and maybe low conscientiousness and so they get yelled at by their boss a lot or perhaps they have high openness so they like to suggest new ideas but they get shut down a lot and then you also know i statements uh you also know about Dearman, and so you just use that all together and be like okay my partner you know gets blamed at at work a lot i want to provide a safe environment for him and talk to him healthy and I know that he usually or she usually comes back home grumpy and I would like my partner to talk me talk to me about their day, and not treat me uh, poorly after that. And so once you understand all of these things, you see how crazy it is that they all come together. And this is something that excites me because I learned all of these things separately and it wasn't just until this year where I put it all together and I'm like, yo, connecting all of these frameworks all into one thing is crazy because that allows you to communicate healthy but also make you and your partner have a better relationship in the end now that's just one thing i said i was gonna talk about rose but i got kind of lazy which is right now but this was a lot to uncover if you got any more questions just uh, message me or maybe email me i don't know if i have that option available but just message me on one of my social media platforms which is instagram or facebook or twitter at Sigmo and i'll respond when i can thanks for listening and i hope you got something valuable out of this